And to celebrate you, our listeners, at Brilliant Horizons Podcast, you can win a free one-hour coaching session with Karen or myself. All you have to do is take a screenshot while listening to Brilliant Horizons Podcast, share it to your feed, and make sure to tag at Brilliant Horizons Podcast by February 1st at midnight. We'll draw one name to win the one-hour session. You, the winner, will get to choose a one-hour coaching session with either Karen or myself. Again, be sure to post and tag by February 1st. Thank you so much for listening to Brilliant Horizons podcast. Brilliant Horizons, a leadership mastermind podcast, a place where you'll find leadership and entrepreneurial inspiration from two highly experienced coaches, Jennifer Duza and Karen Smith. This show is about inspiring, encouraging, and empowering you along the journey to your dream that lies ahead on the brilliant horizon. No matter what stage of life or business you are currently in, we hope you'll find value, a fresh perspective, a deeper faith, and renewed hope to fulfill your God-given callings. Welcome to the Brilliant Horizons Podcast. Welcome, Karen. How are you? I'm doing great. I think it's perfect timing in today's world to bring up this series on fear because there's a lot of that certainly running rampant these days. And and our intent for this episode is to tell you a little bit about our perspective on fear and how you can actually leverage it for good in your life or get it out of your life permanently by some helpful tips and techniques. So, mm-hmm. so Jennifer, tell me your definition of fear. What does that mean to you? Oh gosh. You know, I think fear is one of those words that can mean several different things or bring about different thoughts. Um, Fear can be anything from I'm afraid of the dark, the nighttime, the things that go bump in the night to anywhere from I'm afraid to pick up that phone and make that phone call in my business. It's that going back to the caveman days of fight or flight mentality. And that's really where I think we need to kind of talk about this distinction of what is fear. Great point. And that's the thing. Many of our listeners probably have their own definitions of fear. And I've got a couple that I really like to think about each time I'm experiencing fear, or I have a client who's really being overwhelmed by fear, or just even when I see a friend or family member that I um, just want to kind of reach out and give a great big hug and say, it's going to be okay. There's a, a couple of acronyms that I really like that describe fear. And the first one is it's false evidence appearing real. Uh, how many times have we thought something was fearful and when we gained a little experience or perspective or some distance from the event, it really wasn't what we thought it was. So that's a a good definition there. And then also face everything and rise. And that's really what you were talking about, how you can see fear in a couple of different perspectives where it might be the fear that actually keeps you alive. I think about a lion chasing a deer across the savanna. That fear is keeping that deer alive versus (laughs) helping him lose his life. I know for me, the definition that really has impacted me the most, whether it be in my faith or my world perspective, or particularly in entrepreneurship and business is fear really is inverted faith. It is a faith in evil instead of a faith in good. And that really changes how you begin to process fear. What do you want to believe in? Do you want to believe in good or do you want to believe in evil? So when you look Mm -hmm. at your business and maybe 
you are experiencing fear about moving forward with a new product line or opening a new location with that you need to put some construction costs in, you have a choice in how you're going to view that. Am I going to look at this as an opportunity to build a new piece of my business? Or am I going to be so paralyzed with fear that I'm not actually going to even take any action? I'm going to shelve that idea and walk away from it. That is a wonderful first topic in this is, you know, what are you afraid of? What is holding you back? If it's that uh, bumps in the night, well, let's look at that from a realistic perspective. It's easy to, to fall into that what ifs. What could that be? What if it's the boogeyman? What if it's this? What if it's that? Right. And then our imagination and our mind keep going of these different thoughts and ideas of what it is. And then that's just a tiny little snowball and turns into an avalanche. It really does. That's a great example. That avalanche effect. I see that sometimes with my coaching clients around money. I had a client several years ago where he was facing potential bankruptcy from his perspective. But when we actually sat down and looked at his actual numbers with a different viewpoint, we realized we just needed to rearrange some of where his business was. And we actually got him his balance sheet back into the positive instead of having to potentially declare bankruptcy. And it just took a different perspective than what he had. And thankfully he was smart enough to seek outside help to give a different perspective instead of just continuing that snowball train of destruction. Mm -hmm. When it comes to business, you make a great point there. My coaching clients come to me and they say they work in the direct sales realm. I don't want to ask this person to join my team. Well, what's holding you back from doing that? is my question. What, what is that fear? What is it that's holding you back? Well, the fear is, is that I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to come across as that pushy direct sales lady. Okay. Well, when were you told that you were pushy by someone? Well, never. No one's ever told me that. Okay. Well, where does that fear then come from? And then let's reframe that thought and make it about, I'm doing this for someone else. I'm offering this opportunity to her because she's a single mom. She needs the extra income. She's trying to get out of debt. She needs the second job. So Let's take it from that perspective. No one has ever told you you're pushy. So get that thought out of your head. That's an irrational thought. And then is that repetitive behavior? You get into that rhythm and you know, then it's gone. There's a great quote by Dale Carnegie. Do the thing you fear to do and keep doing it. That is the quickest way and the surest way to ever yet discovered to conquer fear. I really like that too. You end up pushing yourself away and you create these narratives in your own brain that just simply aren't true. And that's where that false evidence appearing real really can can get in your way. You talked about saying, oh, I don't want to say something because I'm pushy. Or I think about how many businesses I've worked with where they're like, well, I'm not the biggest client or I'm just a little business. Stop saying little. I have a little Etsy shop or a little business. You have the gifted business that God gave you or anything that just takes over. I call it your monkey brain (laughs) that makes you think these really chaotic, scattered thoughts that then actually feed that fear instead of calming it down. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is a lot of times our fear comes from the fact that maybe we just haven't done something before or we haven't done enough of our research or kept the other person's needs in mind. So many times if we feel pushy with offering a sales to someone, it's because we're still focused on our own needs and our own perceptions. You're so caught up in the fact like, oh, I need to make this sale or, oh, I need to have this person join my team because I'm 
in an incentive period or I want to grow to leadership. The reality is, is when you switched your intentional thinking to, wow, I have an amazing opportunity to make money for someone or to help someone grow their leadership skills or their own leadership that they want to do, then you're offering help for that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with you have a big or a small business, even big corporations. I saw this when I worked in, in Fortune 100 corporate America, where there would be people in there who had successfully closed multi-million dollar deals, but they still would be afraid to go serve the next customer. And it was like, well, we can, we can serve them. We just have to sit down and say, what are their actual needs? And what do we bring to the table that can actually solve that problem for someone? Maybe you are in the direct sales industry and you have a particular product that is super effective for everyone. Maybe it's your top selling item and it's given you great help in your own life but you don't share it with a friend or neighbor. That's just selfishness on our part. Fear also brings us very low on the energy and the consciousness scale, which then creates all kinds of ripple behaviors that are not productive. Think about how someone who is fearful and has been backed into a corner, they might have verbal outbursts, they they get stressed. That's not a high functioning person. And you have to move out of that back into your creative and advancing brain in order to get through fear. A helpful technique that someone taught me with fear is write down your biggest fear. Then imagine five people sitting at a table and these could be mentors of yours, people you respect and admire, or even your biggest detractor or enemy. And then sit in those five places and just write their perspective of what they would tell you about that situation. Like what's your biggest fear? So example, when I make a business investment, I look at it and say, well, my biggest fear is that I could lose everything I invested. Like, okay, well, if that's actually the worst outcome, the reality is, is money is easy to make. It follows the natural laws. So I can always make more money as long as I don't need that money invested for something else like putting food on my table or a roof over my head tomorrow, then I can invest that money without any fear And then I break that energetic tie that stops things from happening. That's another thing that we don't realize is that fear is both in our present reality and in the energetic space. And you can think about how you feel in your body when you are scared. You can't relax. You can't sleep. Your thoughts are running a million miles an hour. All of your creativity is gone. You either want to keep talking about the problem, which all that does is dump more gasoline on the fire, Mm -hmm. or you find yourself completely inert with fear, not taking any kind of action, which then continues to feed the bad stuff, or you begin to really believe that you cannot accomplish something, which is absolutely devastating. We've still got COVID going in a ton of countries too. And how many people just aren't going after their goals? We're only a month into the new year and people are already giving up on their goals. And it's, what are you doing? (laughs) Thinking about the gift of fear and what is, you know, that initial fear or innate fear is that fight or flight reaction, right? From the caveman days of, am I in danger? Do I have to run because of this predator? The lion's after me. And that still kicks in for us in our, what did you call it? The monkey brain? Yep. (laughs) The monkey mind. (laughs) Yeah. So in that monkey brain, we are still in that fight or flight. And so that kicks in when we get that way. And then the irrational fear that we have. Right. And it causes you either to be paralyzed or to do stupid, foolish things. And that can be as much as people who are preparing for World War III or even just not taking action on calling a prospect. (laughs) I just took it from a business standpoint because that's what we're talking about. But 
having those irrational fears and realizing that it is an irrational fear. And I think that's a really good point because no one would ever invent anything. No one would ever try anything. You would never step out and you would not leave corporate America to become an entrepreneur. You would never join a side hustle or a franchise or you wouldn't, you just would never even expand a product line or do anything. And I think it's because it's our view on failure. We all super successful people have had massive failures in their life. They just keep getting up. And that's the thing is we've been trained to view failure as a bad thing instead of an actual really strong measuring stick. Because if you're failing, it means you're also trying stuff. And we have created generations where rather than try anything and risk any failure, they just sit there. Then, you know, I think our generation was more like, hey, try it. If you fail, just get back up and keep going. There was a great study that was done. It was a study by Gabrielle. Ottingen. She is a psychologist at NYU and the University of Hamburg. She did a study on lower effort and success and what was the mental contrasting picture or the win. She was looking at, was it that picturing the win or picturing the hard work and the effort that go into it? The study was actually done. They did two forms of thinking, the expectations versus the fantasies. So that high effort, that success versus the the fantasies that looking for a job, a student that had a crush on a peer, so a student anticipating an exam, and then a patient that was having hip replacement surgery. Within those four groups, they, some of them had set up expectations. And in one of our first episodes, we talked about the goal setting where you visualize. This study goes further to prove that if you visualize not just the success, but the hard work that goes into getting to that success, it's better than fantasizing about just the success, winning that job, getting that job. And what does that look like? I'm going to have that nice cushy office. I'm going to put my feet up on the desk. You also have to visualize the steps that it takes to get there. And those people that just fantasized about the win and accomplished less than the people that visualized the hard work in getting to that success. That's an excellent point that you bring up because it really is holding that ideal picture. So if you are afraid of say a bad outcome, hold that picture of the great outcome and imagine yourself completing it and that things are easy and effortless. We don't realize the power of our subconscious mind and you have to feed it positivity. You have to feed it with the outline of the picture that you want. Then that also keeps you out of that vibration of fear. What people forget is that that is what helps bring in the, how am I going to do this uh, answers that so many of us are really looking for, but I think fear is really dealt with in both the mind and the soul. Like in our mind, we, if we're having a lot of fear, we really have to be disciplined enough to say, what am I thinking about? Why am I choosing to always think a fearful thought? And maybe you find yourself being somewhat negative, or maybe you are a pessimist all the time and start with one thing a day where you can say the sun came up today or it snowed another five feet, (laughs) if you like snow, like we do here in Colorado, but um, (laughs) just what is it that helps you have a different perspective? Find someone who is more positive than you and really realize like, wow, I can change my perspective on that. And then I think it's a perfect time to really go into your soul and engage your faith and say, wow, why do I feel like I have to do this myself? Or 
can I pray and can I ask for some help? And that's where I, I don't know about you, Jennifer, but I have a favorite uh, verse that I always go to for when I'm not feeling very brave. And it says, uh, it's Joshua 1, 9. And it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for I, the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. I even have that one on my office wall. That one just gives me so much encouragement and realizing I don't have to carry all of this. I don't have to carry my life. I don't have to carry my business. I don't have to carry my dreams, my hopes, my goals. God's already got it figured out and Mm -hmm. he is going to open those doors. And regardless of the good or the bad happening, my life is still good. And it's where I decide to live, not in whether it's in fear or in faith. And a lot of times we fear, we hear those sayings, fear is a liar, faith over fear. And those little sayings can be helpful to us, but do you actually believe that deep in your heart or are you going to let that go? I think a lot of times people are thinking when they are fearing failure, it's equating to being a failure in their minds, which then equals, this is something that's permanent or irreplaceable. And that's not true. It's that's, that's a, a temporary statement. thing. Right. And that's a really powerful statement. Just because you failed at something doesn't mean you are a failure. Very, very powerful. And you can always learn something from that experience. You learn from that, you reinvent yourself or you learn a new skill set. Bottom line, we all love to root for that underdog. So mm-hmm. you might be the, the top of the charts at something and lose that somehow, but then building and watching something be built up again is a pretty amazing experience. And, and people love to root for that person. They really do. And what we have to remember too, is one of the great antidotes to fear is just massive action. And when you are out there trying, you are going to experience more failure at times than you would if you just sat on the couch and did nothing. Failure can really give you some great feedback about the progress that you're making. A lot of people don't realize like Edison had over 10,000 versions of the light bulb before he became successful. And yet how many light bulbs do you personally have in your own home? And And we don't view him as a failure. No, not at all. In fact, when he was a young boy going to school, his teachers told his mother that he was too stupid to learn. They refused (laughs) to admit him to school. So she taught him at home and she never showed her son that letter. She always just told him, oh, you can't go to school there because the teacher said you're too smart for that school. And she took that instead of giving into fear that someone didn't want to teach her child Instead, she turned it around and she put it to good use. And look what now we all benefit from this man's brilliance of inventing the light bulb. And I I love that perspective. First of all, yay, homeschool mom. (laughs) I was homeschooled. My homeschools, our family homeschools, you homeschool. (laughs) Yes. Before it was trendy this year. But then it's also reframing that thought. You can take a negative outcome from that situation in particular, reframe it, and now it is a a whole new perspective of you're too smart. His mom made a choice. She made a very specific choice to not come in and say the words, you're too stupid, and come back with, you're too smart. Mm -hmm. His life 
was on this path and it came to a fork in the road. His mother could have taken that fork of you're too dumb. She chose to take the avenue of you're too smart. Look at how it changed his life and that path that his life then took. A complete transformation. And it also allowed her son to fully live out his God-given calling. And we have to keep that perspective whenever anything in our life is in a fear base. I think about when I left corporate America four years ago, that would have been a really easy time to get stuck in this completely yucky, just life ending fear of what am I going to do? How am I going to make the house payment? All these things, or like you mentioned earlier, going into that failure mindset of like, well, this sucks or, but instead I always chose to look at it of this is the best day of the beginning of my next life. Yes. Just being able to launch that. And that kept me from getting mired down in the that poor me syndrome which is a low negative vibration which then attracts more of that and this is a really mm-hmm. specific piece that i want people to know is whatever you are currently experiencing feeling and giving out yourself you will draw more of that into you mm-hmm. so whenever you feel fear coming to you i always just clap my hands together or say stop it because you do not want to stay in that vibration. Think about somebody who feels like Sally Sunshine or a Debbie Downer. I love Debbie Downers because they have a problem for every solution. It's just amazing how they're able to do that. And so you just just know, like, don't go there. Like they're going to have a problem for your solution. And, but if you're experiencing fear or doubt, just say, stop it. And then reframe it with your faith and your thinking and realize I want to attract love and harmony and growth and advancement Mm -hmm. and living out my callings. And I can do that with God's help and me participating in that. Then you're going to draw those answers to you. You're going to have more come in. The more you stay in fear and doubt, that's exactly what's going to come along. It's a little bit, even if you look in scripture where Job's friends came and I don't know about you, but those friends were really friends they were really <laughs> negative and they were like this enemies and frenemies and, <laughs> and yeah I'm like this is not helpful <laughs> so that'd be another tip handy tip I can share with our who are you spending time with do you have yeah. a stacked deck of friends who will see the best in you I think I shared in an earlier episode that one of my business partners on that day that I left corporate, he wasn't a business partner of mine at the time, but I'd known him for a long time. He just sent me that text all in capital letters, best day ever and welcome to freedom. Such a great point, especially with Edison's mom. She could have, just like you said earlier, fear has two meanings, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. She took that choice she rose, she rose to the occasion. And and that's really what we're saying here is if you are in a place of fear and you're living in a place of fear, you get to choose. It's your choice today. Are you going to rise or are you going to run? I love that. And I always think about an Eleanor Roosevelt quote that I used to always, my desk when I was in corporate, and it says, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You must be able to say to yourself, I have lived through this. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. And again, that's by Eleanor Roosevelt. I used to use that particularly when I would go into a difficult negotiation or maybe even a class where I was up-leveling my skill set, or even just in for a review or a job interview. I didn't know. 
what was going to happen, but you really do have to look it in the face and say, I'm going to rise and make this an amazing piece of my life. Earlier, I shared a quote. Love it. And by the way, to any of our listeners, study Dale Carnegie's teachings and trainings. They are amazing. Some of the best training I've ever taken is how to win friends and influence people. Uh, That should be required reading in school. Karen, you mentioned your favorite Bible verse when it came to fear. And the one that always pops in my mind when I'm dealing with fear is Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's a condensed version of that, but that's, that's the simplest version I keep in my head is fear not for I am with you. I love that. And I cannot, I cannot understate how important having a sense of faith and prayer absolutely will destroy fear. What I think is so amazing about God is that, do you know that scripture contains 365 verses around fear and being afraid? I'm pretty sure God knew that we would need that as a daily reminder (laughs) that we can trust him and that we don't have to live in fear and that there is a way to to work through fear. And I would just really encourage you guys, if you are experiencing fear, really just take some time and pray about it and have a conversation with a trusted friend. For those of you who are on team journal, journal out your thoughts and how you can change that. And for those of you who are a team planner, if you have something that you're afraid of, go right now and schedule an action that totally busts that fear. Like Jennifer's example earlier, if you're afraid to call someone to ask them to join your team, or maybe you want to pitch a new sales idea to your boss, go schedule it right now on your calendar. Mm -hmm. I'm calling such and such a person at Monday at 1030 AM. And these are the two pieces of conversation I'm going to talk to them about. And how does that benefit them? Really just ask yourself to step into that. How many times have we all experienced, or for those of you who are parents, have you told a child, oh, it's going to be all right. And you're like, oh, this kid has an irrational fear, but that's very real to that child. And look at how some people will even make themselves physically sick over fear. I think about, I get on stage to speak and I want to throw up because it's like, well, I can't do this and I'm afraid, but you, you have to overcome that. And the thing is, it's super empowering to overcome fear and it builds confidence and not the kind of confidence that is lost through the storms of life, but just a very strong steadiness that just keeps you going. W. Clement Stone has a quote, thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. So I want to leave you all with what will you take action on? What fear will you take action on this week? Really powerful. And action can be a little thing done consistently, or maybe for those of you right now who know that you have a big thing you need to do, maybe it's letting go someone on your corporate team because they're not a team player and they're not going to make it. Or maybe you have a whole division that you need to close down. Or maybe as a leader, you've been engaged in a mentoring relationship that you've outgrown take massive action and just cut it off. Don't move things in little increments. Just take the scissors and cut it and go. (laughs) You will Mm -hmm. feel so much better. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you actually do move yourself up into a higher energy, which then draws the right people to you. Never be afraid if you have to let someone go out of your life that a better person isn't going to come along. There is 
always more out there. And fear really is based in a poverty thinking and a belief in scarcity. And what you have to remember is, is God says he has enough grace that's sufficient for every day. And the same thing of, if you need answers, there's no lack of answers out there. There's no lack of sales opportunities. There's no lack of businesses to engage in. There's no lack of ability to leave corporate America and start your own business. Mm -hmm. Everything is possible. And when you begin to shift into that thinking, your find your fear will um, drive away. So I would say journal about, for those on team journal, journal about, what do you believe about abundance and lack? Because if you believe in true abundance, which is born out of God, and there is no poverty in God, there are always another opportunity. So if you lose that opportunity today, there's another one tomorrow. When you live in that mindset and you take action around that, fear just gets obliterated. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found value in what you heard today. Drop us a note to let us know your favorite takeaway or application from today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And as always, if you're ready to grow and advance your own God-given callings, contact Jennifer or Karen for personalized coaching. Don't let your dream go one more day without living it out.